Hare Krishna. Uh, welcome to the Sunday Bhagavatam class, September 26, 2021. So uh, today we're beginning with verse, um, first canto, first canto, chapter 13, text 35. So, Aum Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So a very interesting section here. There's a lot of psychology in, in the verses we're going to do today. So beginning with 113.35, Sutu Vacha, Sutta said, Kripaya sneha vaiklavyat sutta vidaha karshitaha atmeshwaram achakshano napratyahati pidita. Hmm. So uh, the scene is that um, Sanjaya has discovered that his, as you would call them, the his lords, uh, Gandhari and Draupadi and also Vidura are gone and they didn't tell him where they were going. And I think to put this in perspective, uh, Dhritarashtra, of course, was blind. And so his dependence on his helpers, his assistants, was more than... Uh, even for an ordinary person. So uh, so over the years, many, many, many years, the relationship develops of dependence. And, and of course, Sanjaya was very devoted to uh, Dhritarashtra, even though he knew that he wasn't doing great things. So you you have this kind of relationship where you think like how are they going to live without me because for his whole life your son Jaya is helping and you know and and you could say Dhritarashtra has a certain dependence and so it's that kind of relationship so so it's interesting the words that we find here in the Bhagavatam so here it says Kripaya out of compassion but Sneha Vaiklavyat. So this word Vaiklavya is very important. Vaiklavya just means because of Vaiklavya. So because of affection, Vaiklavya. Sneha means affection. So in the Sanskrit dictionary, uh, Vaiklavya means frailty, feebleness, or mental weakness. It's very interesting. In other words, affection can make one mentally weak, where you cannot... Be objective. You cannot say what you have to say or do what you have to do because of all this affection. So, and of course, it's out of compassion, which is important that Sanjaya is not, I mean, his motives, at least on the worldly platform, his motives are not grossly selfish, Kripaya, out of compassion, but out of compassion, his uh he became mentally weak because compassion led him to all this affection. And of course, this reminds us of Arjuna. It's interesting how Sanjaya 
narrated Arjuna's problem at the beginning of Bhagavad Gita, which was very similar. In, in fact, we have the same word, because here in this verse, uh, it said that this uh, mental weakness because of affection was kripaya because of compassion. This is the same word, compassion, kripa, which Arjuna used when he, when he surrenders to Arjuna, uh, Krishna. Arjuna says, karpanya do shopahata savava. So karpanya is just uh, comes from the word kripa, which means compassion, karpanya, dosha. But it's interesting because also, just as here it said that, com that, that compassion, mercy has led to mental weakness a certain affection and mental weakness. So Arjun says that I have karpanya uh, upahata. I have been struck by upahata, or I'm being affected by karpanya dosha, the, the, um, the weakness or the fault or the mistake uh, of sort of a mistaken compassion, karpanya dosha. So it's interesting how Sangjaya narrated that Arjuna's condition, but now he has the same problem, although it's, uh, and he's going to get the same solution that Arjuna did, namely spiritual knowledge. So, Kripaya Sneha Vaiklavya Sutta, the Sutta, that's um, Sangjaya. It's interesting because Sutta means the reciter, like in, so we say Sutta Goswami, although technically Goswami was not really a term used back then at the time of Sutta, Sukadeva Goswami or Sutta Goswami, it's uh, at the time they lived, uh, those words were not really used. But anyway, but we understand Prabhupada is sort of bringing them in, you know, to us in a way that we can understand the modern world. So Sutta means a reciter. Sutta is actually a title, just like Vyasa. Vyasa is not actually the person's name. It's it means the editor or you know literally the divider or the editor or the arranger. And the Bhagavatam says there are many Vyasas because from time to time the Vedas have to be reorganized and then a Vyasa comes and an arranger, an organizer. His actual name was uh I mean at various names he's called Satyavati Sutta which means uh, the son of Satyavati is called Parasharya because his father was Parashara. And also perhaps the name, which is most just his name, Vyasa is um, Dvaipayana from the word Dwipa, which means island because he was born on an island. But in any case, so just as Vyasa is a title, Sutta is also a title, but it means the reciter, but it also means uh, a charioteer. It's very interesting because the recitations of the Puranas very often deal with kings and warriors. And so who knows what really happened on the battlefield? Well, the, the warrior or the king's chariot driver. Because after all, you know, the, the only real eyewitness, I mean, in a battle, if, if you read the battle scenes, the Mahabharata, or just, you know, battles, it's like, it's very confusing. People are running around, killing each other. And so the only person who's really focused all the time on a particular warrior 
is his chariot driver. So it's really just the chariot driver that knows everything that happened, let's say to the king or to a warrior. So therefore it seems that just from the words that chariot drivers also, because kings weren't always doing battle, you know, it's not that they were, were battling every day for years. I mean, battles just occasionally would come. So it seems that the chariot drivers, of course, they would also drive the, their, their royal patron around, but also um, they would recite, it seems. They would also say, this is what really happened because the chariot driver is the eyewitness, is the, really the only person that knows everything that happened to this warrior. So anyway, so here it said, so, so therefore uh, Sanjay is also Sutta because he is a reciter and uh, he also appears actually, I mean, in, in some versions, he sometimes appears on battlefields. As it, so anyway, so Sutta here is, is not the person you know, that we call Sutta Goswami, but is this is actually Sanjaya. So Sutta Vidaha Karshita. These words are interesting. Vidaha means separation, like Vidaha Bhakti, you know, devotion and separation. So because of separation from his master, he's Karshita, um, which Prabhupada translates here, distressed by, in the word for words. The, the one very interesting point about Karshita, Prabhupada says, aggrieved is that it comes from the same root as the word Krishna. <laughs> so Krishna means to attract, to pull, and think in English of the words attraction and traction, like a tractor. So it means pulling. So karsita means he's being pulled by, uh, by separation. So let's go to the Sanskrit dictionary. Give you a, uh, see the dictionary says about the word karsita. It can mean uh, emaciated or thin. Or, uh, but, so that's not really the translation we want here. But anyway, it's, um, you get the idea that he's distressed. He's maybe, once he found out that his patrons were gone, uh, he couldn't really do anything. He couldn't eat. You know, when people are depressed, they stop eating. So that's another point. Anyway. Regarding the word karshita, uh, it has, anyway, I won't, won't go into all the technical grammatical details and ways that it's different from the root Krish, from Krishna, but has a different S, but anyway, forget that. So, achakshanu, achakshanu, not seeing atmeshuram, literally the Lord of him, his Lord. At, atma could mean self or soul, and therefore it's also used reflexive, reflexively like like his own master, his master, Atmeshram, the master of himself. So Atma Ishwaram Achakshano, not seeing his master, Napratyaha, he didn't reply. So Yudhisthira is speaking to him, where, you know, where are my uncles, Vidura and Dhritarashtra, but Napratyaha, uh, um, Sanjay is too disturbed, too depressed to reply. And Atipidita, 
being extremely aggrieved, extremely aggrieved. The word uh, pidita in Sanskrit uh, means uh, hurt, injured, afflicted, distressed, troubled. So he's so distressed, he's so afflicted by this that he, he doesn't answer the question. So we get that one verse, and then uh, but he realizes he has to answer. So Vimrija Ashuni, wiping his tears, literally, Vimrija Ashuni, wiping his tears, Pani Bhyam, with his two hands. So he, with both hands, it's a very interesting detail. You know, sometimes you can just wipe your tears with one hand. So here with, with two hands, with both his hands, he's wiping his tears. Interesting detail. Vimrja shuni pani pyam. Vistabhyatmana madmana and stabilizing, steadying himself uh, by himself. So it's typical uh, and elegant sort of turn of speech in Sanskrit, reached atmanam atmana. So with his two hands wiping his eyes and steadying himself by himself, ajata shatrum pratyuche. Now he replied to ajata shatrum, Yudhisthir. So at first he didn't reply, he was too distressed. He wipes his eyes, he steadies himself, and now he replies, pravo padav anusmaran. So, um uh, he replies anusmaran uh steadily remembering remembering pravopada the uh, the two feet of his prabhu his prabhu's two feet so seriously like he really focused remembering anusmaran pravopada the two feet of his prabhu of his master this is what he said. So he's very dutiful. At first he was too emotional, then he got a hold of himself. And so he addresses Yudhisthira as Kulanandana, the joy of your family. Kulanandana. And he gives him, he does his duty. That's what I find interesting because the first thing he doesn't say, I'm so distressed, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm miserable. First, he does his duty and he, he replies to Yudhisthira's question. He does his duty and gives a, uh, provides the information that Yudhisthira requested. He said, Naham Veda, I don't know Bhavasitam, the plan or the determination, as Prabhupada translates it, or the decision, or I just don't know the plan of Pitror, of your, literally of your two fathers, which means your uncles. Pitor Vak. And the word your is Vak, which means the plural. So he's talking about all the Pandavas. Little detail. So I don't know the plan. I don't know what they decided to do. Your two uncles. Gandhariava or of, of Gandhari. Or of Gandhari. I don't know what she's decided to do. Mahavaho. What she decided to do, yeah. Maha, oh, mighty iron one, you just hear, Mushitos me, Mahatma V. I've been cheated by great souls. <laughs> so it's interesting. I've been cheated, and the word he uses there is Mushita. Interesting word. 
So musita uh, in Sanskrit in the dictionary means uh, stolen, robbed, uh, bereft, or deprived of, uh, or it can mean uh, deceived, which I think is kind of the idea here. I was deceived, or I was cheated, or I'm deprived of. Of course, obviously, speaking out of love, I've been I've been uh, deceived in the sense they didn't tell me they just vanished by great souls. I've been deceived by great souls. Prabhupada says I've been cheated. So Prabhupada translates it. So that's it. Uh, so the Bhagavatam doesn't dwell on this. The Bhagavatam doesn't go on and on about Sanjaya's condition. It just says that he was uh, that Sanjaya uh, Yudhisthira said, uh, you know, where did they uh, so Suttuvacha it's interesting, Sutta speaking and he talks about another Sutta so it, it simply says he couldn't answer Yudhisthira's question, but then he gets a hold of himself, he wipes his tears he, uh, with his two hands he, um, he steadies himself and then you know, intensely remembering his master, he replies to Yudhisthira and he just says, I don't know what they've decided to do. I don't know their plan. I don't know their determination uh, of, of your two uncles, nor of Gandhari. I've been cheated by great soul. So that's it. We get that one statement from Sangjaya. And then Atajagama Bhagavan Narada. And then Lord Narada, Bhagavan Narada came. So, it, so the Bhagavatam is not dwelling on all this depression. It mentions it, but then at, the, at that point, Ajagama Bhagavan Narada, uh, Lord Narada came, Sahatumburu, uh, with his tumburu, his musical instrument. So uh, then Yudhisthira rising up out of respect to greet Narada and and saluting him or addressing him respectfully, uh, which is Abhivadya and Abhyarchiyan, uh, and honoring him, honoring the sage, Sa Anuja, with his younger brothers. Anu means after, and Ja means born. So born after, it means a younger brother, an Anuja, like, for example, uh, Ramanuja. Which is the name of the great Acharya, but it literally, it literally it refers to the younger brothers of Rama, Rama, Anuja. So, uh, and also actually, Vaman is called Indranuja, or as devotees say, Indranuja or something. But it's Indranuja. So, all those words mean born after a younger brother. So, uh, so Yudhisthira with his younger brothers, the other four Pandavas, Abhyarchiyan Munim, honoring the sage. So rising up, respectfully saluting or greeting Narada, honoring him with his younger brothers, Yudhisthira said to the sage. This is what Yudhisthira said to the sage. Yudhisthira, uh, Yudhisthira. By the way, the word Yudhisthira, you may... Uh, Yud, yud means in battle. 
in battle. And uh, UT and, and Stira means steady, steady in battle. That's what his name means, Yudhishthira. So Yudhishthira said, Naham Veda Kating Pitor, I don't know the movements or the, the you know, the way the, the uh, yeah, I don't know the path of your two uncles. No, it says, I, 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 of my two uncles, I'm sorry. I don't know, like gati, the going, literally the going, ga means to go in Sanskrit. So gati means the path, the going, you know, where they've gone. I don't know where my two uncles, basically, I don't know where my two uncles have gone. Bhagavan, oh Lord. So here, it's interesting because Narada, in the previous verse, is described by Sutta, the speaker of the Bhagavatam, as... Bhagavan, and here Narda, and I'm sorry, here Yudhisthira addresses him as Bhagavan. This is actually, there's two words. Bhagavan is the Lord, and Bhagavan, with a short A, Bhagavan is when you're addressing the person. So Narda, so Yudhisthira says Bhagavan, addressing Narda. Oh Lord, I don't know where my two uncles have gone. Kwa where did they go? So he asked Narada, where did they go? Ambava and Amba, mother. Mother, in this case, referring to Gandhari, Hataputarta, who is suffering the law, the death of her sons. Her sons were killed. And she's suffering because of that Hataputarta. Kogatajatapaswini. Where have where has that ascetic lady gone? So tapas, austerity, literally heat, like to, you know, sort of take heat on yourself, put yourself in the fire of austerity. And then, so tapaswi is a man, ascetic, and the lady is tapaswini. So that means they're women. I mean, they're women who were yoginis and, and performed austerities. So kwagatacha tapaswini. So he, he asked Narada, where did my two uncles go? Where did Gandhari go? He's asking these questions. <clears throat> and so um, maybe we'll stop there for a day. Leave you in suspense. <laughs> so uh, I'll look now and see if there are any questions. That's not a long class, but it's a class, Prabhupada. You know, when Prabhupada gave class, they would, of course, he would chant Radha Madhava, which took some time. And then there would be the chanting of the verses, Prabhupada would chant, and the devotees would chant, and then they'd read the translation of purport. So if, if you look at Prabhupada's Bhagavatam classes, the time he's actually speaking on the verse, uh, a lot of times it wasn't it wasn't that long. So uh, let's see. There it is. So let me see if there are any questions today. Um, here we go. Looking for the questions, our weekly search for questions. Have to scroll down here. So thank you all for listening. Let's see.
There's one question down at the bottom. Jagat Palana. Krishna told Arjuna, I have already killed them. Krishna also says he knows the future. Is our free will subordinate to Krishna's? <laughs> it's a very interesting question. Uh, no, we have real free will. Our free will is only subordinate to uh, the problems we put ourselves in. Like if someone jumps off a building, you can't change your mind halfway down, unless, of course, you have a parachute. So um, when Krishna says, I've already killed them, what he means is that that's already the plan. Like It's almost like, you know, people, like if someone's going to kill someone, the plan is all set up and the plan is definitely going to work. So uh, you see this movie, someone could say, yeah, I mean, he's a dead man. I mean, technically, he's still alive, but he's a dead man. And so Krishna's saying, I've already killed them. Like, these people are gone. Because So Krishna is talking not about what other people are going to do in the future. He's talking about what he's going to do. So if you have complete power to do something and you've really made up your mind, then you can say it's done. And we talk that way. Someone like, like, for example, someone would say, let's say someone tells someone you have to go to the bank today. Done. Actually, it's not done because the person hasn't gone to the bank. But I mean, it's just common thing. Done. I mean, before it's done. So that's what Krishna's saying. He's talking about his own free will and what he's going to do, not what other people are going to do. Uh, let's see. There's another Radha Kanta, translating for Spanish. Constitutional monarchy began to deviate in the beginnings of Kali Yuga. Well, actually, in the, in the, at the end of Dwapar Yuga, because um, because the, the Kuru's uh, Duryodhana wasn't following the rules, so the deviation began even at the end of Dwapar Yuga. So, Stuart Coyle, uh, if you have a spiritual name, sorry, it's not there. Are there any historical evidences for the Mahabharata accepted by modern scholars? Um, well, we could ask, like, what kind of historical evidence would there be there? Would there be? Uh, all these events are taking place in an oral society. If you read the entire Bhagavatam, you will not find a single verse where anybody writes anything. Uh, actually, the same for the Mahabharata. So it's an oral society, so we're not going to find written documents. As far as finding archaeological remains like palaces or things... Um, India is a has been a continuously inhabited region. So if you look at some of the great archaeological finds in, say, the Middle East, where the weather actually is more favorable because it's very dry, um, they tend to find abandoned cities because let's say there, let's say, for example, uh, Hastinapur and uh if people continuously live there, of course the the there's Shastras that say that there was a great flood that destroyed Hastinapur. 
So, I mean, as far as evidence is, there are scholars claim that they have found remnants of Hastinapur and Dork. Of course, the times are not exactly 5,000 years ago, although they're many thousands of years ago. So, um, yeah, that, that's a whole issue of the, the, um, the problems of doing archaeology in a country like India. So that's a different topic. Maybe someday we'll discuss that. So um, let's see, Krishna Priya, you spoke about that because of affection and compassion, it seems one loses clarity. How can we have affection and still discriminate? That's a very interesting question. Uh, our, our intelligence has to be strong. I don't mean to say Yudhisthira's intelligence was not strong or Sanjaya, but of course they're performing pastimes and so they're playing their roles, but th this affection and this deluding, sometimes it can be delusional affection and sometimes it can be well-placed. Sometimes we can love the right person. So uh, our intelligence has to be strong so that even if we have strong feelings, we can still have strong intelligence and not do foolish things. So that's all the questions I see. Uh, thank you all very much for showing up for our Sunday class. And I hope everyone is doing well. So <laughs> Hare Krishna, I hope we'll be together again. Uh, you're welcome, Krishna Priya. Hope we'll be to together again next Sunday. All right, Krishna.